0: Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. All right, guys. Um, I see some of you in here who were here last Sunday which means either you're brave or you trust me, which that's, that's good. Okay, because I, I have to dive into the things that I kind of treaded a little bit into last week and, and really go after this. So I, I, feel, I feel that I owe it to Jesus to do this, even though this topic can at times feel a little awkward. Um, I'm not going to pay attention to awkward why don't you guys open your Bibles to Matthew sixteen? And we're gonna we're just gonna read sixteen through nineteen again. This is what we've been in for several weeks now. Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, Petros. And on this rock, Petra, I will build my church, Ecclesia, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Hallelujah. Everybody declare this with me. On this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Hallelujah. Everybody say this. The church is Jesus's, and he's the one who builds it. And Hades cannot prevail against it. Hallelujah. And then Jesus continued. He said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And we talked recently that the actual uh, Greek language really says, whatever you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven already. It's past tense in heaven. It's future tense for us, all right? So we bind on earth what's already accomplished in heaven. We loose on earth. What's already been loosed in heaven some translations spell it out really well, all right, that it's already been done in heaven, which means that heaven is not a vending machine. We don't get to just go say, I'm going to go do this, and it can just show up for me in heaven, cha-ching. It's more like Jesus saying, I want to reveal to you what's already done in heaven so that you have access to grab a hold of that and partner with it, and then you can bring that into the earth. And he said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And that's so powerful because keys represent access and authority, access and authority. So he literally gives us keys that he's given us permission. He's given us access to go into the heavenly realms. And then he's given us authority so that what we get from heaven, we get to actually bring it into this earth and demonstrate it and release it right here as it is there. Hallelujah. Guys, awake. Good, because we're going somewhere. All right. So keys represent access and authority. All right. I want you guys to say that with me. Keys give me access. Keys give me authority. All right. Thank you, Lord. All right, so when Jesus talks about how the gates of Hades are not going to prevail against the church, and he talks about giving us the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and he talks to us about how we're going to be able to bind and loose that which is already done in heaven, guess what, it, that, the context of this passage specifically that he's talking about only comes with the alignment of the things that he's talking about. So, it has to happen first through the revealing of Jesus Christ. We can't just access the benefits of Jesus without connecting to it through the Spirit of God and through faith. All right? And also, it has to happen through his church, the Ecclesia. And so there is nothing in this particular passage where Jesus is saying the gates of Hades will not prevail against you if you're going rogue and doing independent Christian ministry living. Oh man, that got silent. Okay? There's there's nothing that Jesus is saying in this particular passage, all right? I'm not saying there might not be other verses, but this context that, that it has to do with being a part of the church that he's building? Somebody say amen. Amen. All right, thank you. And then it also has to come through the understanding of those keys that he gives us, that he actually gives us access, and he gives us authority, okay? So when we understand we have revelation of who Jesus is, we're part of the church, the ecclesia that he's building, and we understand our access and our authority, we get to bring heaven to earth, and Hades cannot prevail no matter where we go with it. And let me tell you, I'm not the one who wrote the script, (laughs) so this is not even my idea, it's his. So when Jesus creates the context that has to be aligned with, that's his thoughts. It's not religion's. It's not a pastor's or a, or a preacher's thought. It's Jesus. He's the one who said this, all right? You guys in agreement with that? Yeah. Thank you. All right. Now, now with God's church, the, the church as he builds it, and as people are in alignment with the way that he's doing it, there's more going on in the spirit realm than what you can see in the natural realm. So the, the, the church, as God sees it, is way more kingdom then we see it through our flesh, which just looks like religion, okay? So we got to have the Holy Spirit to open the eyes of our hearts, our understandings, to be able to see things as God sees it in the Spirit so that we can connect at a faith level with the Spirit that's on it, or else we're just functioning religion and just doing church and the stuff that church does, all right? When we understand the Spirit of it, there's so much more going on in the spirit realm, And I want to take a minute and differentiate. There's two types of spiritual authority. There's one that's the spirit realm authority that we receive by the name of Jesus Christ. How many of you guys know that Jesus gave his name and there's power in the name of Jesus? You guys need to wake up, get excited, because I'm going to need you to work with me today, all right? There's power in the name of Jesus. And Jesus gave you his name. And we get to carry his name, and we get to bring the power of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Amen? So the name of Jesus is above all names, right? Hallelujah. And He's given us His name, and so He gives us authority in His name. And so the, with the authority that we get in Christ Jesus, He's given us the power to bring deliverance to captives, to heal the sick, to even speak to winds and cause them to stop. Amen? To, to release provision from heaven, and, and we see that in the Bible when rain had to come by, by accessing the authority, okay? And so every believer in Jesus Christ, if you're rightly aligned with him and with truth, you can walk in a measure of authority in the spirit realm. Now this world needs to see us walk in. All right? So it's given by the name of Jesus. There's another type of authority that is as important as that in a different way, and it's the governmental authority that God has put in his kingdom. And this one is the one that People quench their butt cheeks over a lot of times. (laughs) All right? But we got to talk about it. We say that we want the kingdom of God in our midst, right? How many of you guys want the kingdom manifested in your midst? Amen. We want the kingdom, but we need to understand that the kingdom is the king's domain. It's the king's dominion. And so through his dominion comes authority, there's delegated structures and flows that God puts His hand on, okay. And so, the God's kingdom—I want to say this—to us who are who live in 2023 in America, God's kingdom is not a democracy. God's kingdom is not a republic. And Jesus is not going to get voted out of office. Amen? Amen? He's a kingdom. It's a theocracy. Jesus is God, and he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and his rule will never end. And of the increase of his government, it will never end. Jesus is the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and he always will be. Hallelujah. But, but also, when God appoints authorities in his kingdom, he doesn't do it through your vote. You hear me? He doesn't do it through our vote. He, he's the one who appoints it. And then he, he'll use the authorities that are in people's lives to put their hands on it and declare it publicly so that they can partner with raising that person up. And then they're, they're, dim, they're, they're given delegated authority from heaven. Okay? Okay. We say we want, to, we want to be a part of a five-fold church, five-fold ministry out of Ephesians 4. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and che- teachers. We want it all, right? And we say we want the fivefold, and so we want to have apostolic ministry. But, but then, for some reason, people get really awkward when you start talking about government in the church, which literally... The fivefold is here to bring God's established government into his body. Okay? It, the, the whole purpose of it is for the governing of the church. It is not so that people will deem people superior and then they can hold it over their heads and say, I need you to do this for me or whatever. That's not it at all. It's the reverse, it's actually meant to be servants to the people for the purpose of training and equipping people in the ways of the kingdom to, to become mature and healthy in unity. That's Ephesians 4, okay? So, with fivefold ministry, with kingdom, with, with true ecclesia, church, this kingdom, there has to be there has to be a government, and with that, there has to also be honor, and there has to be submission. That's the word <laughs> that people don't like, okay? But, but through this, there's leadership, there's authority, there's submission, and guess what? There's blessing and protection, divine protection through it, okay? And, and then there's kingdom, manifestation, when people learn how to how to position these things rightly and position our hearts rightly, guess what? The kingdom of God gets manifested because that's how He does it. Okay? Kingdom. You gotta remember that kingdoms have, have they have a king, and then they've got their delegated authorities, and then, then there's even delegated authorities. And but but when people are rightly aligned in their heart, not just through Verbal obedience, heart posture. You got to understand this. You got to see this in the spirit. Heaven flows through that. And he puts blessing on it. And heaven manifests in the midst of the people through proper alignment. Hallelujah. People get uncomfortable with this topic. I feel it. Last week I even said... It's an awkward one to talk about. And here's why, because there's the fear that people are gonna think I'm doing this for selfish ambition or manipulation. And that is opposite. I'm actually doing it because I know that without this, you don't get the full blessing of the kingdom. And I want you guys, and I want me, I want us to be positioned so that everything that God has in heaven can land on our lives well. And I believe that God has massive things to do here at Overflow Church. And I know he has it for other churches and for this region. I believe for revival. I believe for outbreaks of heaven on earth. And I believe we're going to see great and glorious things happen. And even as I say it, I'm feeling his glory covering my head right now. More Lord. But we have to understand the way that God works. And if we try to just get it the way we want it, we're not gonna get it at all, okay? And, and I understand that it's uncomfortable because a lot of people have experienced bad experiences with leaders, I, I understand that. And the pain for a lot of people is legitimate and I care deeply for it and I wanna see it healed. You have to put yourself in the game to make it healed. Okay? And, and the, the thing is that this whole concept has to get restored in the body of Christ. Has to get restored in the church. Proper, healthy leadership, proper, healthy, God style governments has to get restored in a healthy way. But it also has to get restored in your hearts. Some of y'all are, are totally in a good place with it. That's awesome. Some of y'all aren't. That's not awesome. And I'm not saying that to shame you. I feel sorry. Like, I, I get it. You, people have come from other places. Or I mean, I'm not even outside of the realm of somebody could have felt that from me. Okay? Did you know that Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted and to bring restoration and redemption, and to reconcile relationships that have been hurt and damaged. Yeah, and even if I've hurt people, let's work through that thing and get it healed. Amen? All right, now listen, the devil will do anything he can, and he works hard at this to destroy reputations of Christian leaders whether it be false accusations or moral failures that are legitimate, he does everything he can to wreck people's trust with leaders that are supposed to be God delegates. Do you know why? Because he knows, he knows that the, the kingdom of God in right alignment is so powerful that it crushes him everywhere it shows up. He knows that when the kingdom is in right alignment, healthy, and, and the church shows up against the gates of hell and, and the principalities and territories, he knows that it gets crushed and he will never be able to prevail. And so he does everything he can to try to ruin people's ability to trust God's leadership in the ways that God needs to see it. And some of it is legitimate, but God wants to heal it. And guess what? Not every leader is bad. (laughs) I, I think you guys know that. All right? But in the kingdom, authority is delegated. And what that means is that God literally puts his authority on the people that he calls into those places. And it's not, again, it's not for the purpose of selfish gain. It's for the purpose of being like Jesus, who actually died on the cross to give his life for those he came to serve. And and there's grace that he puts on it that's supernatural, that's actually meant to be a blessing to those who come under that grace. You're not going to hear this kind of teaching in most places, I don't think, around here. But you got to get it. We got to understand this stuff. So, so God's trying to bring kingdom authority, kingdom true heart posture, submission, not not clones, not people who are slaves to a leader. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about proper heart alignment with trust and submission, the the, the Lord can actually come and bless things in ways that people might not be experiencing it. So there's leadership, there's submission, and the word submission is actually a Bible word. I know people feel so uncomfortable with that word because it's been abused. Submission is a New Testament word. (laughs) And if it's a New Testament word, we need it. I'm feeling real popular right now wonder how my Yelp score is doing at the moment. <clears throat> but, the, but submission literally means to, that, that word sub is like under, right? It means to position yourself under leadership that God has put on you. It's, a, it's, a hard, it's not just obeying somebody but, but not having a heart for it. It's a heart posture that says, I come under you. I, the, the choice is not the leaders. It's the person who chooses to submit. It's a chosen heart posture. I, I can't make somebody come under my spiritual authority. You choose that. Okay? my lead I have leaders over me that I choose, they have never expected it out of me, but I choose to submit myself to them. I I position my heart under their spiritual authority, and guess what happens? Grace flows, and it's beautiful. As a matter of fact, in two Sundays, two of our spiritual parents Stephen, Lorraine, Bucks—they're going to be here. That is part of our spiritual covering. We choose to position ourselves under their leadership, under their covering, and it's a blessing to us. Okay. All right. So, so leadership in the kingdom—the the spiritual authority—is given by God. He gives it. Okay. And he expects what, when he puts this on somebody, those who he put them to be leading or to be covering, he expects them to lead well with the right heart. He also expects the other people to posture their hearts rightly under that. It's a a choice. It's It's not a requirement. It's a choice, but there's you, you, when you choose to align with the ways of God, you get the benefits of it. When you choose not to, bummer, <laughs> you didn't get the benefits of it. I'm feeling my Yelp score. It's awesome. Okay? So the authority, when when, when God puts authority on people, he actually uses human authority to bestow authority upon people. So... In the Bible, it's called being commissioned. There's commissions in the Bible. Not just the great commission in Matthew 28. There's commissions. The the apostles commissioned the seven people to become the deacons. They commissioned Paul and Barnabas to go. Paul commissioned Timothy to be a a bishop over a, a whole city and area. There, there's commission. So God actually uses delegated authority. He bestows that upon people he trusts it to, and then he honors that. God literally actually submits himself to the authorities that we submit to him with. So when we, by being led by God, commission people and, and put our hands on them and declare them somebody who's trusted, who's, who's been proven, who are proven to be walking like Jesus and we want to give them more authority. So the Lord honors that and he puts the authority on them. This is the way the kingdom works. All right, so a person could create positions and roles for themselves that wasn't commissioned. Happens all the time, by the way. Okay, they can... But if it's self-created, instead of God-ordained, it's gonna be very limited on the grace that God puts on that. I'm not making this up, right? I'm 47 years old. I've been walking with Jesus since I was 15. I am a pastor or a leader, whatever you wanna call me. I don't even call myself a pastor, by the way. You guys call me that, <laughs> all right? Whatever on that. But I'm a leader of this church, right? But ordained by God, commissioned by our leader at Bethel. But listen, I have done many, many years serving under other leaders, not trying to get them to give me something that God didn't say I was ready for yet. And I've learned, I learned this back in Bible college in 1995. The, the importance of spiritual authority in our lives and how we align ourselves to it. I've lived that way ever since. All right, so I'm not telling you things just on the upper side of it. Like I've put myself on all sides of it and I still do. All right, I still position myself with Bethel in this way. So delegated authority comes through alignment to authority that God's placed over us. And listen, it's not just about hierarchies and ranks this is kingdom and angels respect and honor the authorities and the submission that God puts on people they honor it and they're drawn to it are you guys hearing me Like it literally brings, it's a magnet to heaven becoming manifested in our midst when people are properly aligned with kingdom authority and doing it from a good heart. It draws heaven in and God can move in ways that we will never be able to see when we try to do things on our own because we can do it better than they can. How are we doing right now? The authority of Jesus Christ himself literally manifests through proper authorities that's that's doing it right. The authority of Jesus comes in and he is manifesting his kingdom through that. Come on. So the flow of authority, the authority in the spirit realm only works correctly with people who are properly submitted to healthy and proper government authority in the human realm, okay? So the authorities, it's not just in the church, it's several realms, there's civil government, right? And authority, okay? And so Jesus literally spoke to that and he said, render to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's and Jesus actually, like the Bible actually teaches us that we're supposed to obey the laws of the land, so we actually have to choose to even position ourselves in that regard, even in the natural realm, even when it's not really focused on holy stuff. It's gotta be focused on the righteous stuff, right? Okay. Um, the, the authorities, there's authorities in school. So if you go to school, there's authority. We gotta respect and honor those who are over us. When, we're, when we're, you have a job, We've got to respect and align ourselves with the authorities unless you want to get fired. Okay? But the Lord brings blessing with the right heart posture. He actually promotes people who submit themselves and humble themselves. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and in due time he will lift you up. Okay? There's a right heart posture with stuff. Feeling super popular right now. It's awesome, all right. There's authorities in the home, and and I, there's so many different um, nuances with this stuff, and I don't want to create problems because I know there's too much to unpack on that. But there's authorities in the home, and and uh, but there's also authorities in the kingdom and in the church, and that's what we're focusing on here. I do want to give a caveat. I felt like I needed to. Take a, a moment here for a caveat with this, and that has to say this that we need to submit ourselves to authorities as long as they're not leading you to sin or, or operating, the, or they're not operating from true God given authority. We're supposed to submit as long as they're not trying to lead you to sin and that they're operating from true God-given authority, true given authority, okay? Which means not stealing authority that wasn't rightfully yours, all right? Romans 13, one through seven talks about, uh, you know, honoring the authorities, and it's it's actually, even if they're heathens, like it still is given by God, the authorities are, and it's here to help, actually to bring order and to bring discipline where it needs to happen. And I, I want to say that that is specifically talking about governing, governing authority who are actually rightly governing good and evil. When a government starts wrongly governing good and evil, and they start calling evil good and good evil, they started stepping outside the realm of Romans 13. So sometimes there's different responses when it gets like that, okay? And I'm not going to preach a political message right now, but boy, could I, okay? There are times when pushing against it actually is necessary, when they are leading from sin and trying to require you to partner with sin, okay, and trying to stop people from doing righteous things, that's not okay. At that point, God trumps government. Okay? And I'm talking about in the world and in the church. Or when they put when they're trying to put laws that put you in harm's way, okay? So here's a few examples of of authority that needs to be rebelled against, which is not often. You guys better not rebel against me, or you're going I'm gonna take you out to the woodshed. All right? But the, the Pharisees told the apostles in Acts chapter 4, you are not permitted to preach the name of Jesus Christ. And guess what they did? They went out and they preached it even more. And, they, and the, they said, did we not tell you to not preach in this name? And then they said, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you, more than God, you judge it. But for us, we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Okay, so when they try to tell you you can't do the things that God needs us to be doing, the basic stuff, they are now in sin and I'm not going to listen to them. I heard a, I don't know if this is true, but I believe it is because I heard it kind of secondhand, but um, in Maui, the fires that just happened there that was devastating and horrific should have never happened. But I I actually heard that there's a, a whole lineup of cars bumper to bumper trying to get out of there to save their lives. And the police authorities had barricaded the roads and said, you cannot go. And then some of those people died in their cars. That's crazy. Do you think that's authority that needs to be submitted to? No. And, and actually somebody disobeyed them and found another way out of there and it saved their life. Praise God for that person, okay? So there's things like that, but um, religious leaders trying to tell people not to read their Bibles, but just to follow their own teachings. (laughs) Get the heck out of there. That's not here, so don't get the heck out of here, okay? All right? You, You get the point, like... Like we're supposed to submit and align ourselves, but when it starts violating righteousness, that's different. But, but in the kingdom of God, like God's trying to fix this problem, all right? So the problem is that people have become so used to corruption and manipulation and abuse of power that they can't trust the good ones either. That's the problem, okay? But it's got to get restored. This has to change. The kingdom will only come, the, the kingdom will only come how we want it to, to people who will align themselves the way that the kingdom actually works. I'll say that again. The kingdom will only come the way we want it to, to people who will align with the way the kingdom works. Okay? So we need to rightly discern, and then when you find the, the, the healthy kingdom stuff, then you gotta rightly trust. Okay, that's where people have the hard time, the trust. And then we got to rightly align with what we have chosen to trust. All right? It's <clears throat> important that you are able to trust the authority that you're, that you're putting yourself under, that it's healthy, all right? Got one man in the amen corner and I appreciate you, Bob. Thank you. you. You are helping me to not be as worried about my Yelp score. I wanna tell you guys some signs of healthy leadership, okay? Do they have leaders in their life that they can receive guidance from, confirmation from and correction from? Do they have healthy accountability in their lives? okay? Or are they independent and uncovered? That'll tell you if they're healthy or not. Are they people that you can see are, are there people over them that you can see or access or, even check in with if you needed to, to see if they truly give a good endorsement or if maybe they got a check in their spirit. Okay? I was tempted to do just a miracle service today just to make it more exciting. I was like, no, this is kingdom right here and we got to do it. Do they use their position for selfish gain? or as a place of servanthood to help help guide people into God's goodness and spiritual growth? Okay? That helps you determine if it's healthy leadership. When they bring correction, because healthy leaders do that when it's needed, okay? Whether you like it or not, it's part of the kingdom. When they bring correction, is it to give themselves an upper hand, or is it to help... Discipline a person towards maturity in a kingdom lifestyle. Or, in more extreme cases, they bring discipline so that they can provide protection for the others because you're dangerous for them. (laughs) Help us, Lord. Are they willing to say the hard things that you don't want to hear but you need to hear? like right now for some people? Or do they just do the things that feel good only? Are they trying to control your life? Or do they empower you to make decisions for yourself while they offer godly advice and guidance? Are they regularly condescending to you? By the way, nobody's perfect all the time, so you're going to see some things here and there that might not be perfect. And somebody may have felt that for me once or twice, I don't know. But do they regularly condescend you or are they edifying you and showing belief in you? Okay. Do they carry themselves as perfect or are they willing to admit that they're still on a work in progress too? Healthy signs of leadership. Do they flow from love? Okay. Healthy leaders are first focused on staying submitted to God and then on the specific type of growth that God's called them to bring to people. Okay. Whether or not required by God is to try to do everything that everybody else wanted them to do. Submitted to God and then the assignment. How are you doing? Oh, praise the Lord. Healthy leaders are building God's kingdom, not their own. They're trying to build up the name of Jesus, not trying to build a name for themselves. They're trying to help people grow closer to Jesus Christ instead of just requiring them to be that person for them. Come on. All right? Jesus taught us that if you want to be a leader you need to become the greatest servant of all. Okay? So, the heart of a servant. God literally delegates authority. Okay? And he expects that the authority to be a righteous person who's full of character and integrity and will lead with the right heart. He expects that. I'm accountable to that. Okay? Okay? And, and he also expects that the people who are under their leadership, that they choose to align with the leadership with a submitted heart posture. okay? Not just, not just obedient action, but a, a good heart in it. I know this stuff from experience. I've had people say they were submitted to me, and my leadership, and they, what they meant was that they're willing to obey me if I say I want something to happen, but, but I also found out that their hearts were very critical and bitter towards me. They were not actually submitted because their heart was not in it. Their action was. I hope you guys know that the pain I'm walking through right now is out of love for you. <laughs> Seriously. 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 There there needs to be a proper alignment in the kingdom of God. Jesus was approached by the centurion who had a servant who needed healed, and 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 Jesus was going to go to his house. And the centurion centurion said, You don't need to come to my house. All, All you need to do is speak the word because you have authority in your word. He said, I am a man under authority. And I've got people who are under my authority. And he knew what authority means. You get, a, you get a, a instruction from above and you follow through with it. No ifs, ands, buts. You do it. But, but he also knows that when he declares something, that it's going to happen. And so guess what? He, he's properly aligned. He's got leadership over him. He's got people under him. That's powerful. That's a kingdom perspective right there. And he knew that Jesus could speak the word and demons and sickness would flee even in another part of the city because he knew Jesus has authority over that. Amen? I brought this up last week and I think this one made some people awkward. Get awkward again if you, if you need to. All right? In 1 Corinthians eleven ten, 10, it, it talks about, it, it's, it, that whole passage talks about order in the church, and it talks about order in the home, and it talks about how um, God actually placed man to be the spiritual covering of his home, and that Jesus is the covering of the man, and it says that women, this is, this is from their culture, so you don't have to do this in America in 2023, but they, they had to wear um, a covering over their head, okay, and the covering over their head um, for them, actually represented, I've come under the spiritual authority that God gave. I posture postured myself under that. And it says this, for this reason, woman, women ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of angels. Because of the angels. And I want to repeat something I said last week because I don't know if everybody got this or not. This is not me saying the... the like some people somehow think that this means that women shouldn't speak in a church. Hogwash. Okay? And it also... It's not saying that men get to be the man who wears the pants and the wife has to obey everything he says or does. That is not what this is talking about, okay? Jesus actually taught us in, in Ephesians 5, it, it, Paul talks about how we need husbands need to love their wives as Christ loves the church, who actually gave his life for her to make her better. Okay, so... So like I, th- that could be its own series. Maybe if I preach as long as Todd White, I can get all th- through the whole thing. But the point here, I- I'm not trying to say like who should be dictating who? That's not the point. The point is that, That in the spirit realm, heaven actually can recognize people's heart postures with the authorities that God's put in their lives, and it actually draws them in when they see a rightly aligned heart. Okay? To bless and to bring heaven's presence into that place. All right? That's the point. That's the point. That there's proper alignment in the kingdom and heaven shows up. You guys hearing me? Are you guys hearing me? I'm not trying to say who should be like telling other people what to do or what. That is not the point here. Heaven aligns with submitted hearts. That's the point. All right. And I want to just add this like, if your husband's not walking with God, that does not limit you to their disobedience to the Lord. Okay. So uh, you can be free. Your union with Jesus Christ is superior to your union with your spouse. I hope that blessed someone who needed that. Your, spou- your spouse's spiritual life should not ever cap you or compete with each other's spiritual life. So let's move on because that's not even what I'm preaching about. I added those out of love. <laughs> All right, Prince. the principle is as ha- angels in heaven recognize our submission and our non-submission to authority. They see it and they know it, and they're going to partner or not based on where your heart is aligned. That's why some people are not experiencing the blessings of heaven at the level that they think that they're supposed to. Angels partner with us, or they don't, according to our submission to kingdom authority, as well as according to us walking properly in our given authority while remaining rightly aligned. Tony Costa is my friend down in Greenwood, pastor. He, and he says this, if I'm not submitted to a man or a woman who I can see, I'm fooling myself if I think I'm f- submitted to a God I cannot see. That's true. An unsubmissive heart comes from a spirit of lawlessness, which is rebellion, Okay. There should be concern about what spirits are attracted to rebellion. So angels are attracted to proper submission, to proper authorities. But what comes when there's rebellion? It's Not heaven. <laughs> Man, are there things to say. There's there's that verse in First Samuel fifteen twenty three. It says, "For rebellion is the sin of witchcraft." Like like rebellion, even if a person isn't thinking, "Man, I want to be a witch or a warlock or let me do those things," that like th- there's a spirit of witchcraft whether you actually do the practice or not. And rebellion actually draws that spirit in. And like I said, the devil has been doing everything he can to destroy people's trust with leaders in our nation and in the church because he knows the power of heaven shows up when things are properly aligned. And when he can break the fabric of heaven's government amongst the people, then it loses the authority that Jesus wants to come and manifest in its midst. Now, I am not saying any of this stuff because I, I think that, because my, I'm trying to get people to do something for me. This is for you. Because I want to see heaven show up in a greater way than what we're seeing here and abroad. And, and I believe that the more we can learn this, this stuff, the more we're going to attract heaven into our midst. And I want that. I want the angels to be able to see the things in our lives that say, I've got to get closer to that person. I got to get closer to these people. And 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 you start having hosts of angels coming in because they see, man, the kingdom of God is here and this is properly aligned. We're drawing in and the glory can come and inhabit the place. And then we see revival and we see, whoa, man, I am feeling the whack glory right now. Thank you, Lord. Whew, thank you, Jesus. A submitted heart is teachable. It's open to guidance. It's seeking to grow. It's accountable. That's one of the number one lacking things in the church, one of the most needed things in the church. Not overflow, church at large. A submitted heart is correctable. Another one, people hate that. No, it's got to happen because we've got to grow, okay? And so a submitted heart, those are the things that is teachable, open to guidance, seeking to grow, accountable, and correctable. But let me tell you what it's not, just to make sure we're clear. It is not being a puppet. It is not being a yes man. It is not being a clone. It's not coming under the control of someone or losing your voice or personal opinion. It's not those things. Amen. Just to be clear. Because I think people don't know what a leader means when he says a submitted heart. You guys, hear in my heart right now. Proverbs ten seventeen says, "He who keeps instruction is in the way of life, but he who refuses correction goes astray." Hallelujah. Did you guys know? Like, if you if you look at Things in layers, like I got my covering. I got Steve Backlin and Stephen Lorraine Boxer coming in in a couple weeks, right? And they hold us accountable. They bring correction as needed. They give us guidance and confirmation. They prophesy into our lives. It's powerful. And they've got people over them. And then they've got people over them. And guess what? At Bethel, you get up to the top dog, and it's Bill Johnson. And guess what? He is not even above this. He submits himself to other apostolic leaders in his life and receives correction and guidance as needed. It's so important. We need it because we need to be healthy and we need to be growing and we need to become more like Jesus and we need to learn how to do it better with one another so that we can really bring everything that God has planned for us. Amen? Amen. <gasps> I gotta I gotta talk about this one more concept before I close this. <clears throat> There's divine graces that God puts upon people that He calls into, into positions. And the graces are supernatural, and it's not dependent on the person's human ability and human wisdom. And so people oftentimes are seeing one another through the lens of humanity and missing the supernatural things that God has provided because we're judging people by their humanity instead of by the grace of God on them. There's divine graces. When God calls somebody... And into an apostleship, there's an apostolic grace on them. When God calls people into the prophetic um, role, the, he puts a prophetic grace on them, so on, so forth. Okay? There's divine graces that are actually superior to the person's human limitations. Our problem in the body of Christ is we haven't learned how to see one another after the spirit yet, and we still judge one another after the flesh. which in 1 Corinthians 5.16 says that's not what we're supposed to do. We no longer judge one another according to the flesh because we're, we've been made new creations and all old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so when God puts graces on people, if we judge one another or deem one another according to their humanity, instead of, and then we're missing the grace that God put on their lives, we will never get the access of the blessing on them that God has given. And in Ephesians four, when it talks about the fivefold giftings, it literally says that Jesus came to give gifts to men, and it actually is saying that the apostle and the prophet and the past and the evangelist, the pastor and the teacher, that those guys—it's not that it's gifted to them. Oh, I'm, I am gifted now as an apostle. Guess what? Actually, the gift is to the church, and the apostle is Jesus' gift to the church. It's not Jesus, give me a gift of apostle, so I'm apostle. No, I love my church so much I want a gift to it, something that's going to help make it so much greater. I'm going to give the church an apostle. The apostle is the gift. The prophet is the gift. You guys hear what I'm saying? But it comes through a divine grace supernatural grace that God puts. It's like Elijah who had a mantle on him that, was a, that carried an anointing to do miracles and signs and wonders. There's a mantle, and guess what? That mantle that was on Elijah was not his human ability. It was supernatural. It was the Holy Ghost, and it was what God specifically crafted to put on him to do supernatural things that no human could ever do. And so God does that. He puts mantles on people. He puts graces on people. And, it, and if, we, if we deem the person in their humanity, we will miss everything that God has tried to gift us with through them. You guys tracking? I don't know how my Yelp score is doing. I hope it's starting to improve a little, but we'll see. It's Average. Average. Oh, two thumbs up. Okay, cool. So Jesus was from Nazareth. It was in Nazareth that Jesus read from the scriptures and said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me. Okay, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me. Okay? That is a divine grace that's external to yourself that gets put on you. Okay? So Jesus is God, but he laid his deity down when he came to be born of a virgin. And so he could function as the son of man. And he actually had to receive the Holy Spirit upon himself to function in the supernatural because he had to show us what it looks like to be a human walking in the power of God. So the Holy Spirit has come upon me because he has anointed me, okay? And and then he goes on with that whole thing. After that, the people get all offended with him because they're people from his own hometown. And Jesus says he could hardly do any miracles there. We're talking about Jesus Christ himself who healed everybody every time. In Nazareth, he could hardly heal anybody. And he says this, A prophet is without honor in his own hometown. You know why? Because people have the tendency of looking at a person and measuring them by all the humanity of them. Oh, I I know their dad. Uh, eh, No. Oh, I I know what he did two years ago, and eh, there's no, (laughs) no. Or I, I saw... This wouldn't be about Jesus, but maybe me. I saw that he treated somebody not right a few days ago. You know, whatever. But we have a tendency of, of seeing people and their flaws, and then we start ranking what God could do through them based on humanity. But Jesus said, "Prophets without honor in his hometown, and he could hardly do any miracles there. But Jesus also said this, In Matthew 10, 41, he said, He who receives you, receives me, because he's sending them out, right? He who receives you is receiving me. He who receives me, receives him who sent me. That's delegation authority right there. You guys see that? Okay. And then he says, He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive what? A prophet's reward. And then he says, he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man will receive what? Righteous man's reward. Okay? So Jesus is saying, you're going to receive the, the reward upon what? how you can determine who that person is. If you just see that person as a righteous person, that's all you get. If you can see the grace that God's put on them and receive that, with honor, you're gonna receive an impartation of the grace that's on them. You guys follow me? Don't worry, I'm I'm gonna wrap up here shortly. People miss out on divine blessings and spiritual covering benefits when they're unable to receive and honor those God gave to them as gifts, okay? There's a twofold truth in what Jesus said. There's a heart posture, which is submission. It's, it's receiving. Receive the, the prophet. You'll, you'll receive a reward, okay? So there's the heart posture, how you connect to that person from your heart. And then the other side of it is the reward. There's the divine grace transfer that happens. That's spiritual covering. What I need you guys to hear today. There's spiritual covering that God puts in his ecclesia. There's divine graces that are greater than the dude with the microphone who you know is not perfect. You know I'm not perfect. If you've known me, Steve. We're going to have to work on that a little bit, the honor part. I don't know how the Yelp score is going, but the ego just went. I was <laughs> just kidding. This isn't. Listen, this isn't even so much about me. But it, but it is about how God works and how we posture our hearts, whether you're called to overflow or another church or wherever it is, like whatever it is, it's just the way the kingdom works. And, and the Lord, like he puts other people in these positions as the Lord raised people up, whatever, but the way we honor things, the way we perceive things, and if we can see the divine grace as things flow, all right? I, I have my brother Seth over there walks in a grace, with a prophetic, and with seeing, and, and if people are going to look at him in his humanity, they might miss actually a blessing through that, okay? The, it's not just about the the pastor or whatever, like this is just the way the kingdom is. You guys hear in my heart, there's so many awkward nuances to this stuff, and and people get weird, and I'm not trying to say that people should be like asking somebody, what shirt should I buy, or Should I go see my family? No, no, that's not what this is about. It's about the heart posture. It's about about having faith in Christ through the way he does things, amen? Amen. So, man, there's, um, I I wanna, yeah, let me say this real fast. Covering includes accountability. And I just wanna say, like, there's so many people who have been, who are influencers, who have been unproven, who don't have accountability in their life. And people see the gifting, but do you know their character? You, you might see God show up on their life somehow or another because of their ministry, but do you know whether that person is a sheep or a wolf? Do you know whether that person is really led by the Lord or are they blind leading the blind? Do you know? Because when people don't have covering over them, who does know? You guys hear my heart? Are they healthy or are they toxic? Or do you even know? Or do you just like to experience the thing, the fireworks that show up through them? There's a lot of fireworks in the spirit with anointings and giftings and absolutely no character or spiritual health underneath it. And when people open their hearts to these things, you're actually allowing influences to get imparted to you without even knowing if they're actually safe and healthy or not. That is rampant. And it scares the crap out of me. It really does. Because people don't function in these things I'm telling you. And this is Bible. It's kingdom. It's not just my own ideas. All right? So I fear that this value system is not embraced enough in the body of Christ. And that this is why there's so much dysfunction riddled through the church. Okay? And orphans... You know, people who don't actually have covering and people pouring into their lives and cultivating growth and health in them. So we'll call it orphans, spiritual orphans. Spiritual orphans who do not become healthy sons and daughters will never be able to raise up healthy sons and daughters. And that's what this is about. It's not just about people with ministries. It's about God, a good father, and a healthy family growing together so that heaven can show up on earth. You guys hear me? God loves his children. Jesus was grieved when he saw the the people like a shepherd, or sheep without a shepherd. (laughs) People need covering. They need guidance. They need spiritual mothers and fathers. They need accountability. We all do. If I start veering off track, I hope that the people in my life speak to me and be like, Jesse, I see you veering. Like, I I need that. You hear me? You want to have real, regional, apostolic kingdom impact, you have to have proper alignment with corporate apostolic government. (laughs) which is what we're building here. And if you ever wanna learn more about the covering topic, I highly encourage that you read John Bevere's book called Undercover. It is powerful and it's right on, all right? Undercover. Now listen, I've been talking to you guys for weeks out of Matthew 16, about Jesus saying that if because the Father has revealed me to you upon this revelation, I'm going to build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against you and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and what you bind on earth will have already been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will have already been loosed in heaven. And Jesus is building His church so that He can bring heaven to earth, and He's wanting to do it through you guys, through us. Amen. And that's what we're going after. That's why I drug you guys through this teaching that I hope you guys are listening to and receiving from your hearts. Because if, if listen, if if this again, this is not about me. I need you to understand this. It actually is about you, okay? It's not for my benefit, it's for yours. It's for the the vision, the promises God's brought to us. Like, we have to have a vision. When people are trying to not submit to the vision that God's called them to, but have their own visions, which happens a lot, that actually creates division, which is separation in the body when people can link together with the vision God's called them to in unity, heaven shows up, okay? I want to see heaven show up. This is part of this. I love you guys. I I love you guys. And if there's anybody who has a hard time with this topic, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to you about how he works. And to minister truth to your heart. And then, if he shows you that you have been misaligned in your heart, repent. If he shows you that you have had brokenness in your heart because someone wounded you from leadership, that's legitimate. Don't stay there, be healed, release it to the Lord. You might not feel like you have the ability to forgive, but the Holy Spirit will give you the power to forgive people who have done you wrong. But you gotta get past it so you can be healed and God can restore and heaven can come. You guys hearing me? Hallelujah. I wanna pray because I've gotta pray closure on this whole series right now. Can you guys stand with me? Thanks for giving me a few extra minutes. I I really had to tie that up. I want you guys to lift your hands to the Lord. And pray pray with me for a moment. If you have a prayer language, please pray out loud in your in your prayer language. If you don't have a prayer language, no problem. Just start asking the Holy Spirit to show up right now. Holy Spirit, I ask you right now to bring healing into hearts, Lord God, where, there's, where, where there is a need in the realm of authorities and submission, Lord, from a right heart posture. I ask you to bring healing and wholeness, Lord, because your, your church has been wounded. Lord, so many people have been wounded and you want to heal this. And we pray, Lord God, for whoever's here and just in this region, in our nation, Lord God, that you will bring a revival of healing within the church, Lord. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you will give understanding to our hearts about how the kingdom works, Lord about how to rightly perceive leaders in our hearts with them. Lord, that that You would show us and teach us, Lord God, how to posture ourselves. Lord, whether we're we're leaders or people who are following that, Lord, on both sides, Lord, to rightly posture our hearts. But I ask You for healing, and I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, for alignment to adjust as needed, and I pray, Lord, that you will open the, the pathways of heaven for the angels to begin flooding into our lives like never before, Lord. In Jesus' name, God, we do want to see heaven come. Lord, we want to see miracles happen in our midst, Lord. We want to see you move in mighty ways, Lord God. I ask you to manifest glory in our midst, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.